BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that rave line! Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Random Troy Radio, episode 504, coming to you on Monday, September 18th. We are a quarter of the way through the USC football season and the college football season. So we're going to look back at the first quarter, all three games, I guess, somewhat. Uh, and, and talk about where USC stands right now, where the Pac-12 stands, uh, in what looks to be an insane year for the conference, uh, and all of that here on this episode, and take your questions. Uh, this is a question-first podcast, I think. So feel free to add in your questions if you're joining us live here on YouTube. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and all of those places, you can find our podcast wherever you can find a podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you can find our podcasts, we are there. Our email address is rainofdroyatfanside.com. Our phone number, 818-643-7227, Suck It Whisper and Show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, journalist with my co-host here in the Rain of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Elisa Dertola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, we are back. For um, an interesting episode, like we we struggled to name this thing, so it's like the quarter season review thing. I I I, I don't know what it, the full name even means. We're just rolling with it. I'm sort of like going with a quarter season review slash big picture look slash USC mm-hmm. didn't play a game on Saturday, so we're talking about not games that USC was yeah. involved in. Right. Uh, it's a whole thing. That's a little long for a title, yeah. though. We, we took last Wednesday off uh, for the bye week since there was no preview episode, so we weren't going to take today off. Uh, we're not big slackers. Besides, we really didn't take Wednesday off because last Wednesday we had our uh, members-only pod for the Rot Squad. Uh, we played a game of only Skinnects, and God, it was fun. Uh, it was so fun because... 
<laughs> it was know the, very. It, it was we very know the show the only connects uh, the <laughs> British uh, quiz show that you can find on BBC Two, of course. Uh, you know how difficult that that quiz show is, and only connects uh, just about as difficult. Uh, it was fun to play with the robots um, and not getting a lot of things right, but uh, may, it, it was a grand old time. We we want to have uh, members come come on and, and participate. We want member participation and yes. to have somebody on to play the game show with us. But I think we might and scare we might, people away. I think we scared everybody away because... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not it's not easy, but that's what's fun about it. Yeah, it it's it's not easy. I'm trying to think of something on the top of top of my head that what what was an example of a of a really hard one the other night that you can think of off the top of your head? All of them. I, I mean, <laughs> what was the one that lost that totally lost my spirit? Oh though? man, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm pulling it up right now. I to feel see. like there was one that I just I leaned back and thought. I hate everything. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, it it was it was really difficult. I'm I'm pulling it up here uh, to to show you guys exactly what what it looked like. Uh, if you if you're joining us uh, on YouTube, you can you can you can see the visuals here in just a second. Um, where was it? Uh, oh, here we go. Here here's here's one that that'll really. Uh, really set the tone for for what only Skinnect is like. Um, where we go? Ah, well, stalling time. To 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 describe, only Connect is uh, is a, a quiz show where the idea is to find the connections between four things. Um, generally, that's the idea. You're trying to find the connections between four things, but it's diabolically difficult and. Only Skinnect is a USC themed version of that. Yes. Where, for instance, in round one of Only Skinnect, the first clue was 1995 Pop Warner winner, mm-hmm. and you have to you can sort of think about well what could possibly be connected to that, and obviously it's hard to get it on the first go, so you ask for the next one. Yeah. And the next one is 1925 All American honoree. And now you're having to think of, well, who was the 1995 Pop Warner winner and who was the 1925 All-American? Which I thought, so th- these were, quite, these. this was a, a the, the game that I made for you. I thought 1925 All-American honoree, you were definitely going to get uh, Bryce Taylor, but you, you, you took, it took you a minute. Well, I got Bryce Taylor, but what does Bryce Taylor have to do with the Pop Warner winner that I don't know? Yeah. Uh, the, the, 2016 Thorpe Award winner was the third clue, which is Adore Jackson. But what does Adore Jackson have to do with Bryce Taylor? And then 2005 Heisman winner is the fourth connection, fourth clue, and that's Reggie Bush. But what is I, Reggie Bush and... And Adore Jackson and Bryce Taylor and an unnamed 1995 Pope Warner winner I, that I don't know. What see, do they have to do with any? But any I thought of it would other? be easy. 1995 Pop Warner winner Keyshawn Johnson. So you got Johnson, Taylor, Jackson, Bush, and the connection is the presidential Trojans. <laughs> like it's yeah. not that hard. <laughs> it's really not that hard. So, anyways, that, yeah. that's what you you, could, you have to look forward to with uh, with only Skinnect. Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're a member of the Rot Squad and you haven't watched already, uh, go watch the uh, the episode. It's up on demand on YouTube. Uh, if you're not a member, you can always 
become a member and then go watch that episode. Uh, you can become a member here on YouTube. Uh, for $4.99 a month, you get all of our bonus content and access to the Discord, uh, where we get a bunch of questions from you guys. We talk to you guys all the time, especially uh, on, on game days. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, maybe participate in another version of Only Connect again. So uh, Richard in the chat says, hey, I got that one. See, it's not impossible. <laughs> it's 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 really not. So a uh, lot of stuff coming up uh, with Raina Troy uh, for you guys. Of course, Wednesday, we are going to preview USC and Arizona. Uh, and then we'll be back for another Thursday night um, after dark over on the members only side of things as well. Uh, but Alicia, USC is going to the road this week. The first road game of the season. And they're going to the Grand Canyon State. You know what you need to do when you go to the Grand Canyon State? You need to sign up for DraftKings. Because if you're a new user with DraftKings, you can receive 150 bucks in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. Create an account, deposit, and then wager five bucks on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you'll still receive 150 bucks in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code Reign of Troy, all one word, when you sign up. Best part is using that code Reign of Troy not only gets you the bonus, but it helps support this podcast, this very podcast right now. So if you're considering to sign up to DraftKings, when you go on the road to Arizona this week, mm-hmm. definitely use our code Reign of Troy to maximize your first bets. This offer is available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legally legal gambling states like Arizona. Like Arizona. Yes. Like- so please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Uh, as always, uh, thank you to Raf Kings for supporting us and supporting the show. Uh, but let's get into uh, let's get into the news. We got a bunch of news to talk about going into and here in the middle of the spiral. Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Reign of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app. 
with the code Reign of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, we got to start with the polls. USC, number five last week. Trojans moved up to number five in the polls last week. They stay at number five in the polls this week. Um, kind of an interesting sort of premise for the Trojans, staying at number five in the polls. Uh, it was a week in which there weren't that many big games, but a lot of teams... I. I won't say struggled. I mean, Florida no, State struggled. Teams, several teams struggled. It was... There were several it, upset bids. Not many yeah. of the upset bids actually landed. Landed. Yeah. yeah. But there were definitely teams that were on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Far longer than we yeah. expected them to be on the ropes. I feel like Washington and Oregon were kind of like the only teams that just completely cruised all week. Uh, Ohio State won big, but... I think they were even struggling the first half. Um, it was it was a weird week. Florida State nearly lost to Boston College. Uh, Florida State should have lost to Boston College. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> um, that was a weird game. Um, it was Texas, the red bandana game. You know how the red bandana well, game goes, and that's exactly why At BC. You don't beat BC on red bandana nights. That's, that's that's the way it is, man. Um, Texas was in a dogfight with Wyoming, like. If you look at the Texas score, 31 mm-hmm. to 10, you would think that that was an, a sort of run-of-the-mill win. It was 10-10 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a nervous one. Um, 
Georgia, South Carolina was touch and go there for a minute for the for the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who else. Alabama at South Florida they, had they, all they sorts of problems. Yeah. Tennessee lost to Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oregon yeah. State uh, beats uh, San Diego State, but not as easily as UCLA had dispatched them a week before. Oregon State had to uh, settle for a lot of field goals early and yeah. was in a little bit of a dangerous spot and then, and then pulled away from it. So, yeah, there were. I think it was one of those weeks that reminds you that nothing is ever a given. This is a good reminder for USC going into week four where – uh, for good reason, people think there is that that the result is a given, but you you mm-hmm. literally never know. You cannot overlook any opponent in in college football because you might get you might get bit. Yeah. So it's a good reminder, but it's also very clear that the the race in in college football is wide open. Mm-hmm. You know, there I don't think there is any clear team that looks head and shoulders above everybody else. The way that after Florida State beat LSU, it felt like, oh man, Florida State, they have the most impressive win. And then Texas beating Alabama, it was like, well, they have the most impressive win. And those mm-hmm. and those are really, really teams. And both those that, teams could have lost this week. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, Georgia, I think, will still roll through their SEC schedule, but it's not like Georgia won't have a scare here or there. It's not like Michigan is blazing through. Like, Michigan is in a weird spot because they've had easy matchups uh, without Jim Harbaugh on, on the sidelines for them. And they, it's not that they've looked bad. It's not that they've looked shaky. They've just looked like, okay, they're you know, fine. Yeah. So we still haven't necessarily seen Michigan into, get into high gear either. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't seen Ohio State get into high gear. I mean, the, the, uh, the SEC, apart from Georgia, has... Books. Looks relatively average. I mean, the the best conference in the country right now is unequivocally, unequivocally whatever that Un- word unequivocally? is. Unequivocally, sure. Yes, uh, I did go to college. I promise. Uh, it's it's the Pac-12, and we're yeah. going to talk about that more um, in, in in our next segment here. We talk about the Pac-12 a little bit more closely. But you, you look at the SEC. Uh, LSU has the the loss to to Florida State. Alabama has struggled both of the last two weeks. Um, Tennessee just got sort of the doors blown off in, at Florida in the first half, and then the second half, Florida was like, we're just going to like uh, parachute to the rest of the way in. Uh, and the second half was was weird. But I, I don't think anyone looks like they're going to threaten Georgia in the SEC, um, which is probably good for the Pac-12 because, hey, that means that it's a year in which maybe Pac-12 could get two teams if there's only going to be one SEC team. Who knows? We, we will see. I uh, want to give a big thank you to Alex in the in hey. the chat with the uh, with the old super chat. Um, Alex, a big supporter of the podcast, right along with DraftKings, of course. <laughs> Appreciate you, Alex, uh, coming in here yeah. with, with super chats all the time. Number one rap bot. Uh, definitely <laughs> number one in the in the rankings at the moment. Yeah. Um, but really, I think the thing that you come away with is any team could be number one right now. I think that when you look at it, uh, Georgia and Michigan are one, two, because of what we expect them to be this season. And yes. they haven't, dis- you know, they haven't uh, taken us off of that expectation. Although as Greg points out in the chat, JJ McCarthy threw three interceptions versus Bowling Green. So like, 
vulnerabilities might be there. Mm -hmm. Texas and Florida State are 3-4 because they have the most impressive wins so far this season, and that's a a scheduling quirk. Um, Very impressive wins for both of those teams. Um, Deserving to be up there. Either of them could make the argument that they deserve to be uh, ranked over anybody else in the country based on on the wins that they have. Based on a resume ranking. Based on a resume ranking. I think U.S. teams like USC, Washington, Notre Dame have been so impressive mm-hmm. against nobody's. admittedly nobodies. Yeah, but they have been incredibly impressive doing it, and that's why they're ranked up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're, you're looking at a at a pretty wide open field here, and I think USC has the opportunity in the next few weeks to really prove that. They're going to be in the conversation for the number one team in the country before long if they can make it through, the, you know, take care of business against ASU and then the rest of the schedule opens up to be a bit of a murderer's row for USC. But getting through that when you have teams like Washington and Notre Dame and Oregon and Utah, coincidentally, 8, 9, 10, and 11 in the rankings uh, all coming up, like you have plenty of opportunities to put some very, very quality wins on the board. Not just quality wins in the sense that we as people on the West Coast who understand that the Pac-12 has quality teams in it will say that is a quality win, but quality wins that everyone in the country understands are quality wins because Washington, Notre Dame, Oregon, Utah, Mm -hmm. Oregon State isn't going to be a quality win for USC because they don't play. Washington State's not going to be one for USC because they don't play. But when Washington and Oregon play those teams, it will be taken into account that those are good teams and that'll the whole conference, the whole schedule starts to lift. So yeah. And it's it's intriguing. Really, th- I think this week we're going to get a lot more data points. This week is uh, I I can't wait. It. I can't I'm wait so for this week at 12:30 this week. You need three TVs, uh, at least two, potentially three. Uh, You need Colorado and Oregon on your big TV. Uh, You need UCLA and Utah on your second biggest TV. And if you got a third TV, you can put Ole Miss and Alabama there. But, like, Colorado-Oregon is is the game. I, I feel like one of the most anticipated games to see what Colorado can do against a team that um, has a pulse uh, the Oregon certainly does. Colorado should have lost the other night. Um, they they struggled against Colorado State. Colorado State really let them off the hook. The million penalties, dirty hits, the questionable decisions on fourth down and two point conversions to win the game. Uh, but they're three and zero, and they go on the road against Oregon this week. So a lot of lot of big games. UCLA, Utah, both of those teams. Uh, UCLA looks really good through for three games. They haven't played mm-hmm. anybody. Utah has kind of struggled a little bit, but they've played two teams that we think are not horrible in Florida and, and Baylor in terms of the grand scheme of they things. They beat so, a Florida team that just beat Tennessee. They so, did. And they made you know. Florida look really bad when they yeah. did it too. So I don't know. And that game is at Rice-Eccles. Utah at... And they still haven't had Cam Rising back. I don't know if... You've got to think if they've been holding back Cam Rising, this is the week you bring him back for. Uh, yeah, you, you I don't, I don't know. know. It's hard to, it's hard you to say. Know. But 
Even before that, the morning slate, 9 a.m., Florida State, Clemson, that's a banger. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, sneaky good. Um, you, you've got uh, LSU, Arkansas. Arkansas yeah. is a good quarterback. This it's is going to be... It's a good week. 4, to- 4 p.m., Oregon State, Washington State, that's yeah. a game I want to watch. Um it's it's a really good Ohio week. Ohio State to, Notre to, Dame in in on NBC. That's the game day game. Iowa Penn State. We're yeah. gonna get to see Penn State. See if they can Ohio unlock State, that Iowa defense. Like Ohio State Notre Dame as the lead in to the SC ASU game at seven thirty. It's beautiful. Wonderful. Yeah. Um. But it's a it's a perfect week for for the rot bots to uh, to break in their DraftKings, uh, deal. <laughs> Really, truly, (laughs) on the road, Tempe. Uh, But SC, of course, will be going on the road next week also uh, to Boulder, Folsom Fields, where they will look to to get the Trojans uh, another final win against Colorado for the last last time. Um, USC and Colorado meeting uh, next Saturday, and we have a time for that finally. It is 9 a.m. 9 a.m., big noon kickoff. 9 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. local time in Boulder for USC and Colorado. Uh, big shout-out to Tim in L.A. for the super hey. chat. Thank you. It says, the cost of gourmet flight of mustard from Hickory Farms, or maybe the the cost of like a gourmet like breakfast spread that you can have for SC in Colorado. Yeah, there you go. The, this is you got to go find a you know, brunch spot to watch USC Colorado in a couple of weeks. Yes. So, cheers to that. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. You're the best. Uh, and let's let's talk about this this 9 a.m. kickoff. As much as we say that this upcoming Saturday is going to be boffo in terms of how good the the schedule is, next week's is horrendous um as bad on paper as well maybe not as bad as this past week um but that's how college football works we expect week three to be you you look at a schedule that looks bad and you're like that's when the games were really going to go off um next week's schedule week five sc colorado is like the only game of note that day and uh, especially in the conferences that um, Fox has um, media deals with. So it made sense that they were going to want to put SC in Colorado on the on their number one spot, which is the big noon kickoff, especially considering that Colorado goes on the road against Oregon this week. This was the last kickoff draft in which Colorado was undefeated, presumably, uh, assuming that, that Colorado goes on the road and, and, and loses this week against Oregon, which like a 20-point underdog, right? So if, I mean, may, maybe not. Maybe maybe they beat Oregon they they continue that going forward, but there's doubt there, right? And so it made sense. Cash in while you can on on the buzz around the Buffs and the Trojans. Um, but it is a 9 a.m. Pacific time kickoff at altitude. USC's earliest kickoff since the 1987 Citrus Bowl uh, shout out to our buddy Kenny for for doing the uh, the research on that for us. Uh, I I went back looking at early times. I think there was a 10 a.m. kickoff in the '95 Cotton Bowl, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, but that was noon local. This is going to be 10 a.m. local, uh, which is just crazy. Um, Alicia, we ran the numbers in the Lincoln Riley era 
because they've played a bunch of morning kickoff times. At Oklahoma. Yes. Um, you want the good news or the bad news first? Uh, let's go bad news first. Bad news first. Okay, Lincoln Riley lost exactly one morning kickoff game in each of his five years as a head coach at Oklahoma. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, uh, he lost seven regular season games at Oklahoma. Five of them came before noon. Five of them were 11 a.m. local time yes. kicks. Yes. Which is 9 a.m. Pacific. <laughs> yes. Now, does it exactly translate to USC? No, it doesn't. It, it but... also, 11 a.m. local, a little bit different than 10 a.m. local. Yes. It's also a little bit different when you're used to playing in that time zone versus a 9 a.m. kickoff at 10 a.m. local. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it doesn't completely translate. Also, you can say, yes, he lost a, a, a morning kickoff in each of the five seasons he was there. Lincoln Riley was also 4-0 and in Big 12 championship games. All of those kicked off before noon. Yeah. So, so it's, it's give and take. But it's... Okay, so it's all... All of this is is relative to, to things. All of this is, is... As I said on Twitter, like, none of this is, like, hit the panic button. Yeah. But it's not nothing... To be playing an early because well, we all remember the Stanford Northwestern. Stanford game. Northwestern. There've been other. Yeah. There've been other UCLA West Virginia. Coast, I think. Yeah, UCLA has gone and played at nine a.m. in the past, and every time Pac-12 teams would go play a nine a.m. kickoff, we would look at them and and say they looked like they were sleepwalking. They looked like they mm-hmm. weren't there. Now, is there a difference between? those matchups for those teams and USC playing Colorado with big noon kickoff there and Deion Sanders being the center of the college football universe. Yes, there is a big difference there. USC will be amped up. Especially SC going into this game, presumably 4-0, spoiler alert. Yes. Um, But that doesn't mean... Having played nobody in the first four four weeks of the season. Yes, but but it it doesn't mean that there isn't a now growing list of factors that are there that can potentially sure. cause unsettlement about this game. Like you already mm-hmm. said, it's at altitude. That was already going to be a minor concern. It's uh, a, a a road game, uh, the, the back-to-back road game. Yeah. A minor concern, but yeah. one there. Uh, it, it, now you add in, it's an early kickoff. Mm-hmm. That's a minor concern, especially when all of USC's kickoffs so far have been later in the day when USC's most recent kickoff will have been the late window on the road. That right. means you're traveling back to LA. That means everyone's getting back. It's just your schedule's unsettled. Teams don't like their schedules to be unsettled like this. So it's not it's not nothing, but it is it's not nothing. It's I, not, yeah. I, I don't think it's the biggest concern here, but it, it's something to note. Um, also, I would have been more worried looking at Colorado before the Colorado State game yeah. uh, than after. I, I I didn't care for what Colorado put on the field no. uh, against Colorado uh, State. I think that it looks pretty clear that there's a game plan for SC there, which is pressure uh, Shooter Sanders. Sanders. Yeah. And which if is, you do that, I think he 
plays not nearly as well against pressure. But and there's also the no Travis that, Hunter. He got hurt uh, on a horrible hit, right? And yeah, like absolutely dirty he has hit. terrible injuries. Like, a, a, was it Skip Bayless? That's something about a lacerated liver or something like that? Oh, I did. Did you not see that? No, all I've heard is that Dion said he'd be out a few weeks. Well, that Skip was apparently breaking Pac-12 news on, on ESPN or Fox, where, wherever he is these days. much different than just out a few weeks. So I don't know. Yeah. I need to look into that. But either way, uh, first things first, big shout out to Fighting on MC in the chat. We've got another super yeah. chat. Hey, oh, uh, it says love it's the... Especially, especially when you get a username that's like, you know, uh, is, in, in is honor of burn- me. Is that your burner? It's not, but it could be. Uh, it says love the rot show Fighting on MC in Palmdale. So thank you. as, yeah. as uh, Fighting on MC is another great supporter of the show as well. We appreciate all of you guys coming in here and, and yeah. showing your support this way. Um, but uh, either way, either way, I do not think it is an advantage for USC to be on the road sure. playing at 9 a.m. Right. Well, especially when Colorado. Colorado's done it twice before this and year. And Colorado yeah. has, has done it. Um, oh, yes. Okay. Travis Hunter confirms he has a lacerated liver. Yeah. So that's that sucks. That, that's, it's, that's no bueno. But that sucks because Travis Hunter yeah. looks like one of the most exciting players in college football. And we want to see right. exciting players on the football field. Right. Uh, and it sucks for him to get knocked out by a dirty hit uh, in that game and not get to see him on the field. So that sucks. But... Uh, Either way, with or without Travis Hunter, like that game is going to be a huge game. That game is going to be a huge spectacle. Um, but also, yeah, also one that SC's probably let's be honest SC favored, be favored twenty favored. by yeah. twenty points, and yeah. for for probably good reason. So we'll see. We'll see what happens when when you get there. I, I think the the important thing is, um, you know, um. Chalasan in the chat says, come on, guys, SC is miles better than Colorado. Yes, I agree. I think that you have to look at it from the other angle of when great teams lose, where where do they lose? They lose to... They lose they to lose. Oregon State in 2000, 2008. Right, they, they lose they on lose, the road to good teams. They lose right? to like Stanford they, as a 40-point like underdog. Like, this fits the profile like, of, of a yeah. game that, like, gives you slight pause, especially when it's at a weird time. So, that's the only thing I think we're mentioning here. Um, I don't think this is, you know, DEFCON whatever it's supposed to be um, because SC has those games on the schedule. SC goes to South Bend yeah. to face a top 10 Notre Dame team um, that is undoubtedly a top 10 team. They go on the road to Eugene to face a top 10 Oregon team who looks undoubtedly like a top 10 team. Those are truly squeaky bum, terrifying games on SC's schedule because those are absolutely games where anyone in the country would probably not be favored to win. Uh, We'll see if SC is or not. But like, um, yeah, so on the grand scheme of things, is it, you know, the, the Colorado game the scariest? No. 9 a.m. just adds one little wrinkle, like you said. So, yeah. All right. Let, let's talk about the season to date. The Trojans 3 and 0 on the season. Um, I, I want to run through how you feel about the, the Trojans right now. Um, through, like, the SP, S&P Plus numbers are interesting because the Trojans are number one in offense. Bill Connolly said, wrote over the weekend uh, that SC has the most trustworthy offense in the country. And I think that that's just about right. Like, 
if I have no concerns says that. with SC's ability to go out and score 45, 50 points against anybody. I, I, I think this, this team against Georgia is scoring 30 plus, you know what I mean? Like this offense is just so dynamic. Um, now SC could give up that much against Georgia too, but that's, that's beside the point right now when we're talking about just the offense. Um, SC's also number one in special teams, SP+. Plus. Uh, defensively, they're 49th in the country. Well, didn't we talk about that all SC needed to get to the playoffs was a top 50 defense? Isn't this what we said SC needed was uh, number yeah. 40? I mean, they haven't proven it yet. Like, they still have to go yeah. out and, okay. and face... Penix and Hartman and Knicks. Yeah, but- that's so. Here's the thing: USC had a top fifty defense when they were playing the first few teams, the first month of the schedule last year. Yeah, you have a top fifty defense if you can have a top fifty defense when you're playing Sam Hartman. Yeah, you're playing I, but, Michael Penix. Like, but the- I, I I think it's important to know that you have to understand that like. I, I think SC giving up 40 points to Washington, Oregon, Notre Dame, we need to look at differently than if SC gives up 30, 35, 40 points to I am, other teams. I am telling you right now. Like, they're going to give up 40 no, to, to, I am to Washington because Washington's right that now, good. If USC holds any of those teams to under 30 points, it's a win. You have no business not winning that it's game. A win. Yeah. I, yes. I if 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 the And if you hold them to under 40, if you, you hold should them beat to them. under 40, if you hold you them, beat them to 39 points, I if you if 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 a magical genie came into the room right now and said, "Alicia, <laughs> USC will give up 39 points to everyone remaining on the schedule." I would take that and feel confident that USC was undefeated. I mean, that sounds absurd. Like, that's yes. where I'm at with the USC offense. Well, yes, but like, <laughs> but no, I, I think the, the point I'm trying to make is I, I think that we, I think there's a difference between giving up a 45 burger to Michael Penix and UW and giving up the 36 points that they gave up on the road to Arizona last year, right? Like, mm-hmm. th- those things are, are different because Washington's going to score 40 points on everybody. Yeah. So, like, when you look at these numbers, and SP Plus is opponent-adjusted. That's what the plus means. Um, I think you have to factor those things in here. Um, and that's why I've, I've been really, you know, impressed with what SC has done the last two weeks defensively because they've made bad teams look bad, mm-hmm. which yeah. has been a struggle for SC. We didn't see it in week one. Uh, we didn't see it last year. So, yeah, you, you're going to give up points against the best offenses. I think that's just going to be expected. Um, but you need to beat the bad teams badly. They're going up against ASU this week. SC might face, like, the fourth-string quarterback from the Sun Devils. You need to make him look like the fourth-string quarterback. Yes, And if you do that, I think that that checks out with what you're supposed to do defensively. If Yes, but if you go the week after and are playing Shooter Sanders and let him put up 400 yards on you, then that's not a top 50 defense. 
Like, you need to be able to step up when you're playing the good teams so that the, what you need from this defense... You, you need to hold you teams that, to, to, to lower than their averages. You need to make it so that Caleb Williams and the USC offense doesn't have to be perfect. Because that's what USC's offense needed to be perfect to beat Tulane. Yeah. USC's offense needed the, to be perfect to beat The lucky part is this, defense, this offense can be perfect. Well, yes, but you don't want to force them to have to be. Like, that's how you lose games to right. Utah. That's how you lose games to Tulane. So it's about putting a putting a stamp on, like you said, hold them. At this point, hold them to their average, and I will be, I will sure. be fine. Like, sure. I don't know. It's I. I just think right now we we won't know. We still won't know what's going on with USC's defense. Yeah. This time next week, we will know a lot more about what's going on with USC's defense. Two weeks from now. Yeah. Two weeks from now, because yeah. Colorado does have an offense that can put up points. Yeah, a lot of love for Bear Alexander in the chat, and we were going to do a segment here about talking about the superlatives of the first quarter and. Bear Alexander, I think, easily was going to be the newcomer of the the first quarter. Um, Zachariah Branch, the freshman of the first quarter, but uh, Bear Alexander, the newcomer. And uh, Johnny says, I can't wait for um, Bear Alexander to cause havoc in the line and quarterback pressures. I can already see Solomon Bird and Jamil Muhammad sacking Shudder Sanders. Yeah, like... But that's what you but need. That's, that's the what difference you need. And between this year I, and last year is you have Barry Alexander in there. Yes. You need him to do those right. things against those teams as well. Um, but like, one of the things that we talked about in the preseason was all the guys that SC had brought in on defense, uh, Muhammad, Lucas, Sullivan, Alexander, all those guys that were going to be on the defensive line, how – you didn't know who was going to be the 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 great one, um, and I I want to say that I I made the point that the good thing about having all those guys is that you can you can afford to have one be a bust, one get hurt, one be what you expect, and one be better than you expect. And I I don't know that we can classify any of those into anything other than Bear Alexander's at least what you expected, if not more at this point. Um, oh, he's better than I expected. He's better than I expected I so expected, quickly. Yes. Well, honestly, what I expected from Bear Alexander was flashes. Sure. Because he's a five-star talent, but we've seen five-star talent at USC, mm-hmm. uh, and consistency has not necessarily been a, a, a factor, and, and sort of physical domination has not necessarily been there since yeah. uh, probably, like, you know, Leonard Williams. Uh I was not expecting to see Bear Alexander from the get-go. Yeah. He's got a lot of Daryl Russell on him. A dominant force the way that he has been. I, I, I thought we'd still I thought we'd still be talking about he's clearly talented, but he's young. Yeah. I haven't had to say the he's clearly talented, but he's young, and that's why it's not like all the time that he's out there wrecking wrecking uh, offensive lines. He is wrecking offensive lines. Yeah, he he's he, doing he looks, to opposing. He looks great. He's doing to opposing centers what uh, Kiris Tonga did to Brett Kyrus Nealon. T- yeah, over and over and over again. Uh, the, the, the greatest defensive uh, nose tackle performance in, in the history of of the game. What Tonga did to 
to SC and, and yeah. Keaton Slovis. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the, the thing about Bear Alexander that's been so fun to watch is just his impact on everybody else because he plays a position to where, I mean, he had two tackles for loss in the national championship game. He had a sack in that game. And you think that, okay, if he can be a big productive guy, that's going to be great. But I think we're seeing he doesn't have to be productive to have an impact. Yes. Uh, you saw the, the the interception with with Max Williams against Stanford on that very first drive. That was all Bear Alexander. Not to take anything away from Max Williams, but like that was all Bear Alexander to create that play. Uh, Max talked about it after the game. It was like uh, when the defensive line does that, it makes it easy, right? Like, yeah. That's what you need. And, you know, if this defense of Alex Grinch is going to be so aggressive, then you've got to either get home or force the havoc that is going to create a pressure of some sort to create a negative play for the offense. Well, we saw this. And we're seeing those things despite not having the sacks. Yes. SC does not have that many sacks this season at all. Yes. And, but, they're, and, but they're getting the benefits of it. Yes. And that is one thing that we saw, not, not to get ahead of ourselves, but like one thing that we saw Colorado State do very well until the final drive when they decided to go into yeah. prevent defense and it went very poorly for them was them getting at Shadur Sanders and, mm -hmm. and making him miss throws that we, we know he can make if he's given time. And, and that is the philosoph the, like the philosophical idea of Alex Grinch's defense. The problem is like might work against the quarterbacks USC has faced. It might work work. I think it probably will work against Shadur Sanders. Right. Sam Hartman Michael Penix, Cam Rising, all of these guys like you you need to you need to have all 11 guys on the field be putting in right. well, putting in the work. But, I, I but just the job the, of, the job of all 11 guys on the field gets a hell of a lot easier if Bear Alexander mm -hmm. is pushing an offensive lineman into the quarterback's face the moment that the ball is snapped. Right. Yeah, 100%. I just I just looked at the numbers. Sacks allowed uh, so far this season, um, Oregon and Washington have allowed one sack apiece. One. SC's allowed three. Yeah. Uh, but Oregon and Washington, one each. You want to know how many uh, Colorado's allowed? They've played three games. Mm -hmm. uh, nine. Sixteen. Yeesh. Only Old Dominion has allowed more. <laughs> yeah. uh, at, yeah. at this rate, like, I, you know, I... I, I don't want to talk too much about Colorado yet. We'll we'll save that for next week. But I think that they're they're this sounds weird, but hear me out. I think that we can talk about Colorado as maybe being an offense that is the best suited for the Alex Grinch defense. Yes. Uh, similarly to what Washington State was last year, mm -hmm. where we know that Cam Ward was a guy who beat Wisconsin on the road. Uh what could he do? We we knew what he did at what Incarnate Word. Or Lamar Incarnate, Incarnate Word, I think. Um, uh, and then w what did he do at Wazoo? And then SC's best defensive performance all year was was against Cam Ward uh, and Washington State. And so uh, because they couldn't protect him, Colorado, if they they're not getting the protection, and SC continues to get Bear Alexander there, I think it's going to benefit SC tremendously. Uh, let's talk about offense. Uh, SC's offense, of course, looking like the best offense on the planet um zachariah branch 
we, we can say it's the is the the freshman and it's easy to say that he's the freshman of the first quarter besides Zachariah Branch and besides Caleb Williams just because they're so easy to talk about and we've talked about them at length I feel like who else has been an impressionable uh player for you in the first quarter you you're asking me this question. I know. I it's a it's a layup that I sh- I should have excluded the person you're going to say yeah, because you're, you're out now here you're just including people and not and the, okay okay I'll t- clue I'll the romantic. <laughs> here's here's the okay get 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 steamy about it. Go go ahead. Zero the hero himself, Marshawn Lloyd. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> my my favorite player of all time, Michael. I know. He's so good, Michael. I know. He's ridiculous, Michael. I get it. I get it. I, I, I'm worried. I, I actually think this is a case of optimistic Alicia. I yeah. am I am worried for him because the the degree to which I love Marshawn Lloyd means like they need to wrap him in bubble wrap because Uh-oh. every time I love a player as much as I love Marshawn Lloyd, like the universe just strikes them down and, and doesn't let them play anymore. So, <laughs> no, right, okay. it's it's Marshawn Lloyd. I think I yeah. think uh, honestly, like Marshawn Lloyd has, um, I worried about USC's ability to replace, to truly replace uh, Travis Dye. Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lloyd has has taken any of that away. I think yeah. the the rushing attack, the two headed rushing attack of Marshawn Lloyd and Austin Jones, uh, is is every bit as good as the yeah. the the rushing attack from last year with Travis uh, Travis Dye and and Austin Jones and. That is a huge weight off of weight off of my back. I like that. Uh, I, maybe this is going to change uh, as we get further into con- the conference slate, but I like that it's th- that the running game isn't just Travis Die. Yes. Uh, it was for the longest part of last season. It was just Travis Die, and then when he gets hurt, it's like, well, what's going to happen now? Because it looked like Austin Jones was in the doghouse. Um, and then Austin Jones plugged in perfectly against yeah. UCLA and Notre Dame. He looked great um, and was just as good as he was early on in the season. As it stands now, it looks like it's a two-headed backfield with Jones uh, and uh, and and Lloyd. And I think that's a good thing. It's a, it's a good thing if it continues to be a two-headed backfield. Um, I, if it means well, that each to... one gets like seven carries a game, yeah, it might suck for each one of their production. Mm-hmm. But that's what this offense is because there's no – like I talked about it before. I don't think anyone, any of the receivers is going to get 1,000 yards. And we were talking to our, our uh, a couple of our buddies, and they're like, that that sounds insane. But look at the numbers. Like the, I think that the, the distribution is the way it is. Like – Dorian Singer has been targeted eight times through three games. Yeah, and it's not like Dorian Singer hasn't made no. Huge he's plays made and great looks, looks wonderful, right? But that's the nature of this this offense. Th- right. This offense is is like the height of the Mike Leach era. Five different wide receivers with seven hundred yards each. Kind of yeah. That's kind of kind that's of deal. what it's going to be like. Hundred uh, percent. And that's and that's the thing is is. Caleb Williams could not have more weapons around him. And right. that is why this defense, why this offense is to me, the best offense in the country. Yeah. Uh, let's get into PAC 12 talk here. Uh, I want to rapid fire your first quarter thoughts. Uh, we're going to go in reverse order of the preseason media poll uh, for the conference. So we start 12, uh, which was Stanford, Stanford picked to, uh, to finish last They're one and two on the season. 
Uh, rapid fire thoughts, Alicia, on Stanford. They are very they're bad. bad. Yeah, they're bad. They're not good. Very bad. I, I like the the rebuilds. I it's gonna be a scary rebuild. Like I, I feel for them. I'm as much as sad as I am that SC and Stanford no longer ha- are, are going to be playing football games. I'm sad we don't have to see the decline of Stanford because it's depressing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like it's 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 depressing. The, 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 I, I hope Troy Taylor can turn it around, but it's it's not good. Uh number eleven was picked to finish eleventh was Colorado. They're three and oh. Uh what are your what are your thoughts through three weeks? Clearly better than the eleventh team in the Pac twelve. Yeah. The talent that Dion brought in at the very least the high level talent has has been out there talenting um but i don't think that they will be a top 25 team by the end of the year um mm-hmm. they they still have a long way to go i i think the top level talent will get them some wins it will continue to get them some wins they're going to challenge a lot of teams but they have a really rough schedule coming mm-hmm. up and yeah. i don't see them getting through it with they they picked a bad year. Yeah, they picked a bad year to do this in the Pac-12. <laughs> yes, because uh, they could have done this in a different year and, you know, might have been Dark Horse Conference contenders, maybe, yeah. Con- if it continues to work, surely. Uh, but I, I have my doubts. Uh, I, I, I did not like how they played on Saturday at all. I thought... Colorado State should have beaten them by multiple that, scores in that, that game. That was not a good... That was a an actively bad performance from Colorado against a team that is in the bottom five yes. of college football in, in terms of the analytics. Right. So which, which I know it was a rivalry game. The, right. It's a rivalry game, so you sort of... And, and there was just hype around it, and right. players were playing beyond what they are, I think, in a lot of areas for but, Colorado State. But... But you can't... That can't... No. That, that's but, the, the but equivalent... for the third game in the, in the first year... That's oh yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. That's no, but totally it, ahead but of the curve. But if we're grading them on the on the on the on the scale of they are a top twenty five team, yeah, the equivalent would be if Stanford had forced this year's Stanford team had forced overtime against USC, yeah, in week in week two, and that would have caused panic around USC. So right. I'm just saying, but the expectations slightly different. slightly yeah. different, out of whack for Colorado though. On the high end and the low end, probably at the same time. But yeah, uh, yeah better than the 11th ranked team in the conference. I think that's the most important thing. Rule number one about Colorado do not talk about Colorado. USC, I am looking at you. Every single player, coach, former Uh-oh. player, anybody, do not say words about Colorado because motivating them, bad idea. Uh, number 10 uh, preseason media poll was ASU. They're currently one and two. They beat Southern Utah in a weird game that had weird weather. Uh, but then they just get the doors blown off. Uh, you know, they were okay against Oklahoma State, but just got the doors blown off by Fresno State in a game in which all their quarterbacks got hurt. Yeah, but like Oklahoma State lost to South Alabama this week. Yeah. I I feel bad for Kenny Dillingham because I don't think even under it's like the Even Troy under, Taylor thing. Like he's inheriting worse, a bad situation. But worse, he's inheriting a bad situation, and then that bad situation got a whole bunch of the bull extra band. like poop thrown on top of it. Right. Not just with the bullpen, the injuries that Arizona is mm-hmm. dealing with. Their Arizona State is their offensive line is is 
absolutely ravaged. They're down to their fourth and fifth string quarterbacks. Yeah. It's, it looks very, very bad for ASU and very little of it feels like a reflection of Kenny Dillingham at this point. Like Mm -hmm. no one could win under these circumstances. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Nine is Cal two and one. Um, Almost beat Auburn. I'm a big shrug on Cal. Just Cal, Cal is what even is is Cal a bad team? No. Is Cal a good team? No. Cal is what they've always been. Yeah. Justin Wilcox isn't a bad head coach, so mm. they'll they won't ever be totally in the in the in the dumpster. But they're they just don't have the talent to be anything that's more than just a very very mid yeah uh, a mid. Pac-12 team, which a mid-Pac-12 team at this stage is yeah. the ninth best team in the, in the conference. Yes, because it's a loaded freaking conference. Yeah, uh, eight uh, Arizona two and one. If if Arizona is your eighth best team, your conference has got to be feeling good. Uh, eighth best team into the media poll in the preseason. That's probably where there are there are now. To be quite honest, I think that that ranking seems true to form. Two and one, their only loss on the road against Mississippi State. Uh, McMillan looks incredible. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we already know what Jaden Delora is. He can be, you know, God on one day, and he can be not so good on the others. But they're uh, they're not an easy team to face. Um, and they can give anybody trouble. Um, Want to go to Washington State? Seventh in the preseason poll, three and zero. Washington State. Yeah, Washington State is secretly... If this were a different season, Washington State could be... You could look at them in, like, Oregon State shoes where, like, maybe dark horse contenders. The The problem is, is that there are so many really good teams in the Pac-12 that they're... That feel, the, the ranking for them still feels right, but that's a very good team that's going to get a scalp or two. Uh, the rest of the way in the Pac-12 in the Pac-12 schedule, like yeah, it's the um, I, I would say that it's a good year that SC doesn't get Washington State or Oregon State, uh, but the trade-off is having to play Oregon and Washington, who are yeah. just a step above those two. Yeah. But still, like any of those four, you'd love to skip all four of them. They all look all look scary. Yeah. Uh, number six in the preseason media poll is UCLA. The Bruins are three and zero. Dante Moore is not the starting quarterback. Do not say he's the starting quarterback because Chip does not want to tell you he's starting quarterback. Stop asking. But he's the starting quarterback, and he looks pretty good for a freshman. Uh, the Bill Colley numbers are all very good. The idea is this might be Chip Kelly's best offense at UCLA. Defense, a question mark, though. Ain't played nobody, though. Definitely played nobody, so they're even more difficult to tell. At least with yeah. USC and Washington, They've played nobody, but we've seen the bulk of these teams for what they were last year. We know sure. that they've returned. With UCLA, I think that it's harder to buy in fully because we haven't seen any of these quarterbacks go up against somebody who's really going to challenge them. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that Chip Kelly is a good head coach, and Chip Kelly will have UCLA at the very least a competitive Pac-12 team. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not they can 
move into the conversation for the conference title really does depend on whether or not Dante Moore is ready to be that guy right now. And we can't rule that out yet. That's the scary thing about UCLA is that it'd be easier to to disregard them if it looked like Dante Moore was going to be a freshman being a freshman. Right. It doesn't look like that at this point. So no, he, he looks like he's picked up right where, where DTR, right where DTR was. left off. So, yeah. uh, you know, when DTR was, was at Dante Moore's stage, you could see that like, this is DTR. This yeah. is, um, you know, the DTR experience was still well and truly, uh, like a thing. And I don't think Dante Moore is giving that right now. Yeah, let's go to number five in the preseason polls, Oregon State 3-0. and I Oregon State, probably you can put higher on this list. Um, they've, they look really good. Uh, DJ looks looks pretty solidly at home there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, the, maybe Clemson is the problem. It, uh, it, it it could just be the Clemson problem. You never could, know. It, it, it could be. I, I like Oregon State a yeah. lot. I like Jonathan Smith a lot. Uh, this matchup they have against Washington State is going to be very, very interesting, though, because this is Washington State has a has a, a defense that if if they were if if Oregon State's cracks on offense, we're going to show like I think we'll see it this weekend against Washington State. So. Well, what happens if you're if you're Washington State and Oregon State at the the pregame um, coin flip? Do you just walk out with the voodoo doll and first of all, like old hands embrace, and then have a voodoo doll with SC and UCLA logos, and then you just like rip it to shreds? <laughs> like is that is because <laughs> the two of them collectively trying to? I feel bad for Washington State and, and Oregon State. I feel horrible for them. Um, they do not deserve to be left out in the cold. Um, and I think that they have every right in the world to be bitter, to be angry, to be mad at SC and UCLA and everybody else, to be mad at their their in-state rivals for leaving. Um, they are justified in how they feel. Yeah. And so good on them for being good this year and giving everybody hell to pay for it. So... Um, the, Mount, the Mountain West is the big winner in all of this because Oregon State and Washington State in, in a Mountain West, whatever. Mountain are West they? Practice. Because I think Oregon State and Washington State, if they go to the Mountain West, are going to murder them. Well, that, But that's what I mean. It's like, I think adding those programs to the Mountain West is going to... I will continue to stand by my bold prediction that Oregon State will make it to the playoff before, uh, before like, UCLA does. Well, you could you could have said Oregon. Oregon. That would have yeah, been, a, that would have been a... Uh, I, uh, a thing to stand I, on. There. I could go there. I, I don't know what Oregon's going to do at quarterback <laughs> next year. So yeah, I'll say, I'll say that Oregon State's going to be Oregon does. Uh, let's go to number four in the preseason media poll was the Oregon Ducks. They are three and zero. They have two dominant blowout obliterations um, that they have performed at Austin, but they had one game that they had to sort of pull out of their ass. Uh, on the road in Lubbock against the Texas Tech team who lost to Wyoming, a Wyoming team that nearly beat Texas. Yeah. Um, are, are they battle-tested? I don't know. I think we're going to learn a lot about them this upcoming week. I, I wish, think Oregon is for real. I wish that USC had played a Texas Tech-level team in the first three weeks. Just so we'd so know. So that we could have a better... More things? 
Yes. Uh, the thing about Oregon is that right now, to me, they still look like the same team that they were last year. And I mean that in in the sense that, like, that offense is, is very dangerous. That offense with Bo Nix is going to hurt people. Yeah. The defense still does have some question marks that I don't know have sure. been necessarily answered. And they got exposed a little bit against Texas Tech. The difference between USC and Oregon right now is USC hasn't had the chance to really get exposed well, outside of that week zero matchup. Well, I was going to say, what what team in the Pac-12 doesn't have a def- Outside of maybe Oregon State, which team doesn't have a defense that has question marks on it? Washington, huh. question marks. Mm-hmm. SC, question marks. UCLA, question marks. Like... Those were the those are the Oregon question marks of the, the teams that especially last year Oregon I mean SC was not in their own in their own sort of brand of football last year by being great on offense and bad on defense that was kind of the name of the game in the Pac-12 last year so unless unless teams prove that otherwise this year that's probably where we're we're going to be headed the great thing about Oregon playing Colorado the week before USC plays Colorado is that if Colorado gives Oregon trouble USC has a whole lot of tape to lot reference of yeah this is true uh the number 3 team in the preseason poll is the Utah Utes here's the thing i do i think Utah is the third best team in the conference right now no but uh, we've talked about it a lot. Who are we to doubt them? They've gone to the Pac-12 championship game four of the last five seasons. The only one they didn't was the season we don't talk about. I'm not doubting Utah. Well, there's a million reasons to doubt them right now, but I'm not because Kyle Whittingham is Kyle Whittingham. I have great, great respect and admiration for, for Kyle Whittingham and, this, and, and Utah as a program. Um, but I, I. But they don't look as scary as Oregon, Washington, n- UCLA no. on their best day, Oregon State, etc. Yes, and there's yeah. a reason for that because Cam Rising isn't playing. Yeah. So I'll almost give them the pass for the first three weeks. But. But this if, is, no, if no, the, no, the pass means they're still three and zero, though, that's yeah, a good no, no, spot no, no. to be in. They're still three and zero in in. Nervous games against Florida and Baylor and a, and a game against Weber State we've that seen, literally does not we've matter. We've seen good Utah teams not be 3-0 no. in this at this point. Yes, but my concern for Utah right now is that they still haven't gotten Cam Rising back, which means that when Cam Rising comes back, like there are four weeks until Utah plays USC. Cam Rising hasn't been cleared to play yet, and it's almost the end of September. Mm-hmm. So he's going to play. Is he going to play against UCLA on the 23rd of September? If he plays against UCLA on the 23rd of September, how capable physically will he be? Is he going to, is it, is it going to happen on the 29th of September when they're playing at Oregon state? Is that going to be his return to the lineup when they go to Reeser? Is Utah going to win that game with or without cam rising, especially a cam rising that Mm -hmm. is at best had one game back from an ACL tear. I think UCLA, I think Utah might be in trouble just because they haven't had the lead in time with Utah. Now you're t- now you're telling me that okay, Cam Rising might get back in the next couple of weeks, but then has maybe two weeks to get back to full form, and then he's gonna do yeah. the thing against UCLA against USC 
at the Coliseum, not in the friendly confines of, of Rice Eccles. I, I like the friendly confines uh, reference. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I don't know I don't know what I don't know that you can look at Utah right now and put them ahead of USC, Oregon, Washington. Um, Probably can't put them ahead of Washington State, Oregon State, UCLA. I mean, yeah. it's. It's hard because we don't know what Cam Rising's gonna as 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 T'Challa son in the chat says. Will Cam Rising still be mobile? Yeah, that's a huge part of his game. How long will it take for him to get his mm-hmm. confidence back in his mobility? Yeah. These are all. Uh, and you know what's gonna happen? It's he, he's, he's it's gonna, gonna be come like, back and be absolutely. It's gonna be like incredible. rookie of the year. You're like you thought he was deceptively mobile before. He's yeah. like this, you know, stocky looking unathletically looking white guy and then all of a sudden he's just running all over you now he's going to be that with like an even bigger brace on his knee and yeah. going to run over you even more it's <laughs> yeah. like who yeah. knows again i'm not in the business of doubting utah because i i've been burned one too many times but i i do think that they are in a much worse spot than i thought they would be in the sense that I thought by now that they would be able to be easing Cam Rising back into the season. Yeah. And the easing ability of for Cam Rising has completely passed. Those first three well, games the, needed the, to be it. The thing that, that uh, it's 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 an interesting space for the Utes to be in because this is a bad spot for them to, like Richard in the chat says, if they, he doesn't come back, where does Utah finish? That's tough because this is not the year to to have these, these, these questionable it's it's tough because it's not the year to have these questionable things right now because a decent Utah team is still probably losing to all these other teams in the conference because the conference is so good. Yeah, I think I think without Cam Rising, they're losing to UCLA, Oregon State, USC, Oregon, Washington, at least. Yeah, and like, but they could still be a damn good team and give you know beat anybody on on any given day. But that's how good the conference is. Uh, let's go to the number two uh, preseason media poll team in the conference behind SC was number one. Uh, it is the Washington Huskies, three and zero on the season. Uh, the Huskies are now number one in college football, averaging nine point four six yards per play in the first three games. Remember last week I said I had that stat where there was like. SC is the, the, the most yards per play, and uh, uh, the, the fifth most in the last 10 years in the first month of the season. Yeah, well, now Washington is ahead of where SC is. Um, still many games to be played before the end of the month, but like that's how good the Huskies are. Uh, Bill Connolly uh, looked at his projections, and he deleted the column that has preseason inputs. Uh, and when you do that, Washington is number one, number one in the country. Uh, Michael Penix looks incredible. Uh, they went on the road to play uh, Michigan State um, fresh off of the thing no, that's been it. happening with them and uh, just thoroughly dismantled uh, Michigan State. Michigan State in turmoil. I think that was always expected that Washington State was going to beat them or Washington was going to beat them considering what they did last year at Husky Stadium. But they did it so emphatically and perfect, like perfectly that that's what you're supposed to do in those situations. And they did it even more so, uh, which I think is impressive to go on the road and, and, and do that the way that they did. Uh, they get Cal this week. Um, the Oregon games coming up in about what three weeks or whatever. Like that's going to be interesting. Washington. I don't know. They look, they look so tough, man. 
Washington is a very, very good team. They're a well-coached team. Mm -hmm. Kalen DeBoer is a proven head coach. Yeah. That it is kind of ridiculous that it took as long for him to get an FBS opportunity as it did. Yeah. Uh, He is... He won multiple national titles at the NAIA level, and it took him, like, 12 years to get another head coaching job. Yes, yes. Big ups to Jen Cohen for giving him that opportunity. Well, Fresno State first, but yes. Well, yeah, that's right. He went to Fresno State. Yeah. yeah, Washington is a problem. Uh, the the mm-hmm. best thing I can say is that USC gets them at home. Yes. I, USC I, gets them at home, and that everyone should be looking at that and saying, thank the Lord, because if you had well, to ask me now if I would rather go to Autzen or Seattle, well, I would rather go to Autzen than play this Washington team in Seattle. So, Could, could you imagine a world where SC had to go on the road to Washington, Oregon, and Notre Dame. Oh Ooh, Lord, yeah, Jesus, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, my, the thing I'm hoping for right now, just, just for the ultimate, mm, is I want SC and Washington to be number one, number two going in that game. Like, can you imagine? Can you, can imagine? you imagine it? Imagine it. Oh, that would uh, be. I, I shared this in one of our group chats, and somebody was like, "How does that even happen?" I'm like, "It could happen because." Georgia probably needs to stub a toe somewhere, but like, uh, Ohio State beats Notre Dame, SC beats beats um, Notre Dame, and then Utah and Washington beats Oregon. Uh, like, I think that it absolutely could end up with that with that being the case. Like, if that happened, I it think, would be insane. It's the most anticipated game at the Coliseum in forever. The harder part of that is getting Washington to number two. Because if USC is undefeated going into that November weekend, they will have beaten Colorado, Notre Dame, Utah. And Notre Dame, I think, by the time USC... Well, I guess it really depends on what Notre Dame does against Ohio State. Because if, if Notre Dame beats Ohio State, and then USC beats beats Notre Dame yeah, on the it, road, you, I think USC will have a very strong argument for being the I, number one team in the country. The problem is that Washington, Washington, I'm looking, I'm looking at their schedule. Doesn't get Oregon is the only one there that uh, that will give them a big, big ratings boost. Well, because Washington won the schedule um, uh, of the season because the two teams that they miss are uh, UCLA and Colorado. Yes. So, but that means they don't get the. Yeah. They don't get the and, and it's and it's backloaded. They finish SC, Utah, Oregon State, Washington State. That's tough. So all the games that would build up the ranking juice in October, they don't get with the exception of Oregon. But Oregon will be a good top ten matchup probably. Yeah. So, uh, Richard yeah. points out you need you need Michigan to lose by then as well. Yeah, and that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Again, it's 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 all it's all. Yeah. It all it's doesn't matter anyway. A lot of lot of things. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we got a bunch of uh, mailbag questions, so let's get to it. You've got mail. All right, let's start with a uh, mailbag question that we got from our buddy, uh, L.A. Fred. Is it possible for the Pac-12 to get SEC level of respect, i.e. losing to another ranked team, thus not dropping much, in the polls next week as conference play heats up and teams start beating each other? I think yes. I think <sighs> I think it started a little bit of that last year, but I think yes. Yeah, yes. It's going to have to be the case. Yes. Because there's just too many 
ranked Pac-12 teams. Yeah. Yes, in a sense. Um, the problem that I see happening, though, is like UCLA beats Utah. Or UCLA loses to Utah, let's say. UCLA mm-hmm. loses to Utah. Well, UCLA is just going to drop out. Like, and Utah will get a, a minor boost from that, but UCLA is just going to drop out. Like, the the thing that helped SEC teams is that they were all up in, like, the top 10 and beating each other up and only dropping so far because you only, yeah, you only lost to a top 10 they, team. They'd have that thing where they, they would beat a 5-1 uh, a and one uh, Mississippi State team who is four and zero beating Cream Puffs, yeah, uh, in the non-con, and somehow they're ranked eighteenth uh, because they beat up on all the Cream Puffs in the non-con, and then you can say, oh look, we beat a ranked Mississippi State team, and then Mississippi State plays the rest of the schedule and they finish five and seven. But hey, they were ranked. They were ranked that that week. Yeah. And I, I think that's going to happen. I think that that's going to happen to some extent. I mean, well, look at Washington. Colorado this week. Yeah. Uh, Colorado might not be ranked the rest of the, rest of the year. They, and they might be a, you know, a tough out. I think that's probably going to be a tough out for a lot of teams in the Pac-12. But Oregon will get the benefit of facing a 3-0 and Colorado team that is ranked. And if Oregon beats them, that will go on their schedule and a little feather in the cap. Right. But like Oregon State beating Washington State isn't going to give Oregon State a major boost and it's just going to drop Washington should, State though. out of the rankings. It should. I, but the problem is there's not all these like SEC teams to to pick up the pieces. Who's yeah. picking up the pieces? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that like there's a lot of ranked games this week, so there's going to be a lot of shuffling. Uh so maybe there's te- teams aren't going to be dropping as much, period. Maybe that makes it difficult. I don't know, but yeah. I I think uh I think yes. The, the Pac-12 is getting a lot of respect right now. Yes. Which is funny, <laughs> given it's the context sad. of the it's last the, 20 it's, years. It's both depressing and, like, I'm happy and I'm depressed at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's a it's a very weird it's feeling. Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go to a message we got on Discord uh, from David Orange County. Are you bummed that some of the shine may be taken off the Colorado game? Uh, due to their lackluster performance against Colorado State and the injuries that they suffered. Uh, yes and no. Uh, yes, in the sense that um, if you don't want to see Travis Hunter get hurt and all that stuff. No, in the sense that I think that from the SC perspective, Colorado State played the game I think you want to see from SC in terms of the, the, the defense, which is getting after Sanders and kind of put on tape how, how you slow him down. Yeah, um, I'm bummed about Travis Hunter's injury. Yeah. Realistically, the shine was going to be taken off of that game by what happens in Eugene. But even then, even if Oregon, let's say worst case scenario for Colorado, they go into Oregon and just get their, just pants beat off of them. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, Oregon puts an 80 on them or something like that. Like, Oregon does the thing. I still think that it's a big noon matchup. It's Deion Sanders. It's USC. It's. I still think that there will be a lot. Don't write my epic intro of already. Energy, energy around that game, just because then Colorado is in an underdog role, and everyone's sort of looking at that game as a well. Is Colorado gonna get USC? Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be that kind of thing. So, 
I think the shine will still be on that game regardless yes. of what happened on Saturday, regardless of what happens this coming Saturday. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I, I think that um there will there will there people will find a way to make that game have shine. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. let's go to Especially if USC talks. So don't. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Um uh nobody wants likes to be um you know offended more than Deion Sanders, Dabo Swinney. Mm-hmm. Uh Sweeney. They love like Georgia, remember last year? Yeah, Kirby Smart saying God. people thought they were gonna be a seven and five. Like, oh what? Sure. Yeah, okay. Uh let's go to mention three got from uh from eight one eight Kyle on Discord. Uh, not to look ahead of ASU, but any fun guesses for how Dion will find ways to make the USC game personal? Personal, considering Lincoln Riley says almost l- nothing uh, publicly. I, I, yeah, Link, Lincoln's not going to say. Lincoln's not going to fall into the trap that Norvell did. I don't think SC has to say anything here, no. because all it has to be is like, well, look at all the talk that Caleb Williams is getting or, or whatnot, and. I, I don't know. I don't think SC has to literally say anything. I think Caleb is smart enough at this point to not poke the bear. Well, he he learned his lesson with, the, fing- his with les- the fingers. He learned his lesson last year. Yeah. Um, does that mean that there aren't players at USC who could drop a thing in, in interviews during the week? Um, that could absolutely happen. If I'm Lincoln Riley, I am being proactive the moment the ASU game is done, the first thing that's said about Colorado is do not talk about Colorado. We are silent. Yeah. We will talk well, with our we will talk song, with our Do plan. not talk about Colorado. We don't talk about Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Um and then yeah. I think I think honestly the bigger issue for USC when it comes to pissing off Dion is things without things outside of their control. Things like Sua Cravens on Twitter saying something, or well, Sue is, or Sue looks White. like he's Sue is, he's Sue is pro, yeah, pro Dion, pro Colorado, but, yeah, uh, but or like Lendell White, or like you know somebody in the media saying something that's completely not connected to USC, like right. Danny Cannell saying something oh, pro, God. like things that are not within USC USC's control. So like at a certain point, coaches, and I'm not just talking about Dion, all coaches will find the bulletin board material that they need to motivate their team and they will find it wherever they can find it. So USC could be completely silent and it will still be found. But the Mm -hmm. big thing is don't contribute to it. Yeah, I, I I agree. And uh, don't play beyond the whistle and hit anybody. Yes, Um, absolutely. That's, that's important too. Uh, Let's go to the next message we got from Tim in LA. Uh, What questions do you still have about the team after three games? I still want to see some drives where the offense controls the tempo and doesn't score quickly. Uh, I want to see some boring six or seven minute drives to show that they can bleed the clock and give the defense a rest with it situ- when the situation calls for it. Uh, Tim in LA, a fan of the tantric USC offense. <laughs> I you did not just. I I don't know. Like, oh lord. I, okay. Um, I'm yes. I agree. But I don't think that's what this offense is. Um, and I think that in a situation where you'd love SC to just I, I don't know how, how many of those opportunities are there are there going to be? And I think that the the I think Lincoln Riley's answer to that would be 
isn't it better just to score the points when you can and just have the points scored? Yes. The problem is you look at the Utah game. It, if you leave the team just enough time and they can pull the two-point conversion trick to beat you on a two-point conversion, like we talk about the first Utah game last year and SC losing that game, but they were tit for tats. They only lost because Utah got, went for a two-point conversion that Utah, SC didn't have the opportunity of going for. So in a situation where, yes, theoretically, you could have taken longer and let out the clock more or, or something like that, maybe that could have been a different situation. Maybe, I guess. But I, I don't know. I, I think that I think this is a – I I get it. I, I fully understand where Tim's coming from. But, like, this is – I think this is a nitpick. This is a little on the nitpicky side. No, I, I think it's valid though. I think I think it's uh, a valid nitpick. I think it's a valid nitpick to look for going forward. Um, on that note, I I would I would I agree. I would love to see a few drives where it's just run the ball down somebody's throat and prove that they can have them prove that they can stop you. Yeah, I I don't think... have it all beyond Caleb's shoulders. I guess is yes. is what I would say for sure. But I I think prove we're gonna I think we're gonna see drives where there's going to be a lot of running especially in second halves of, of, of things yeah. yeah um let's go to last question on discord before we open up uh the youtube questions uh from richard asu looks really 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 bad how many geneva convention protocols uh does playing this game violate um <laughs> i okay i guess we, the we will see i guess the question here though is that is ASU worse than Stanford? Because it felt like the Geneva Con- <sighs> Convention was violated against Stanford. Uh, like, there's there's laws against. I mean, you Stanford know, did go back, did go to a second string quarterback who had never played in the, who had never taken a snap in college football before, who was like a linebacker at Syracuse. Yeah, uh, I ideally USC recreates the Stanford game, which is to say put up so many points on them in the first half that you can have two more quarters for yeah. Miller Moss to you convince me the, that he can be a, a quarterback quarter. for USC. Yeah. yeah. Start the car cast early. That's that's the mm-hmm. goal. We'll see. Uh, but come back Wednesday when we'll talk about it and preview the game. Uh, let's go to the uh, YouTube questions. We're going to run through these uh, a little quickly, but uh, feel free to always... Throw your questions in the chat if you're joining us here live on YouTube. Uh, and while you do that, be sure to hit the like button and make sure that you're subscribed. Uh, it helps you uh, continue and join us for the future and helps grow the show and all those things. Uh, Cameron says, do you think USC will beat ASU in Colorado with the losses of Jaden Rashada and uh, Trevor Hunter, Travis Hunter due to injury? I'm calling a 60-burger to ASU and a 50-burger against Colorado National Burger Day by the way tomorrow I don't based on what USC's offense has done against the defenses they've already faced I think USC should be looking to put up 50 plus in the next two weeks as well do they top the 100 mark for the next two road games combined combined I think yes I would I would take the over on that I think yes which sounds nuts it sounds nuts about two road games but I think I think yeah mm-hmm. I think the answer is yeah. yeah. Uh, Remember, Marty says, "What are the what? What are you most surprised about after the first three games? What are you most concerned about? And what are your record predictions for the remaining nine games?" Okay, most concerned about first three games. 
I, I remain concerned about the defense sure. uh, being overly aggressive and getting getting taken advantage of mm-hmm. the way that San Jose State took advantage of them. I, I think they cleaned it up a lot the next two weeks, but the next like the, the opponents that they were facing were not the ones who were going to test them on that front uh, too too hard anyways. So that's my biggest that remains my biggest concern. My biggest surprise is how much I love Marshawn Lloyd. Um, and I need I really need to get the romantic music on the, <laughs> on the board. Uh, and then uh, and then the remaining record predictions. Uh, I am sticking to my preseason record prediction, which is the loss at Notre Dame. And that being it, it being eleven and one on the season for USC. Yeah, uh, I think most surprised uh, for me is how quickly the defense has shown improvements. Uh, most concerned about still the defense, like you said. And I, I think I got to stick with my record prediction. Still at ten and two, I think SC is very good. I think you had a loss to, to Notre Dame and, and Washington. And Washington, yeah. That's, I still I think mean, that Notre Dame right. is a scary road game, um, yeah. and Notre Dame looks very good. Um, you teams lose on the road. Uh, that's how it works. Uh, and Washington looks insanely different. Washington looks like SC looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, that game being at home, I think helps. Um, is SC's offense better? Maybe a smidge. Um, but anything can happen in a shootout. It's going to be nuts. So, um, I, I yeah, I think SC could go twelve and zero, and they could go nine and three and lose three shootouts. Uh, in crazy games in this conference, I would not be shocked either way. Either the other thing I've maintained, I said that SC looks like it has a chance of being a better team than last year, but not have a record that shows for it. I still agree with that. I think USC looks like a better football team this year than last year. That is the most important thing. So remember that no matter what. That even if SC does end up losing to a shootout somewhere uh, that maybe you didn't expect or whatever, I think it's very likely that SC is a better team than they were last year anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damon says, anyone know where SC and Arizona State will be televised? Uh, Big Fox. Big Fox. 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Big Fox. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Gregor says, uh, do you think Utah is holding, Utah is holding Cam Rising until the SC game or do they want him to return to play as soon as possible? They should want him to return to play as soon as possible. I don't think that they have had the luxury to feel like they can hold him out precautionarily, if that's a word. I think he's being held out because he hasn't been medically cleared to play a football game yet. And uh, when he is medically cleared to play a football game, that's when we will see him. I don't think this is a decision Mm-hmm. By Utah, I think this is a decision by doctors. Yeah, I I think ideally at least you want him back for the Cal game the week before. They get Cal at home at Rice Eccles. They should want him back this week. Well, yes, yes, <laughs> but like no worse than then. Um, no worse than then. That's that's a weird way to put it, but yeah. Uh, let's go to uh, finding on finding on MC. Uh, do you see USC continue to score 50-plus points in their remaining games? I I wouldn't bet against it at this point. There, okay, there's going to be a game where SC scores in the 20s because there will be a game that is a sleepwalk. There always is for every team. There will be that game. Um, 
but realistically, I, I, I don't know how you can say that this team doesn't score 40, 50 plus in every game. I think my pick for that game is at Cal. <laughs> that trap, that trappy Cal, Cal mm-hmm. game. That's the game is, SC is wins. The game that inexplicably USC wins 27-17 or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could yeah. see it. I could yeah. see it. And it being the trap game in between everything else, just get through it. Just get through it. That's, that's all I got to do. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Nick says, pick one, Alicia, Marshawn Lloyd or Rojo. <laughs> You know who she's picking. You're the hero, man. She's. <laughs> I'm smitten. <laughs> she's picking Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, I will take Rojo, Rojo forever, yeah. of course. Uh, um, to be fair, Rojo did it against against teams that we legitimately know are good teams, like Marshawn Lloyd. It, we'll see what he does against the the better competition, but I I I'm on board. Richard says ASU hasn't scored in 99 minutes and 53 seconds. How high do you think that number can go? Oh boy! Um, I, I my I when you on, put you it wanna, that way, you want to know my honest opinion. I honestly think that there is a non-zero percent chance that they go down the field and just score on the first drive against USC because it, it it's would the be funny. most unprobable, improbable. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's the most improbable, but in, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, USC should be looking to, at the very least, USC should be looking to shut them out in the first half. Defensively, like to prove again, to continue to prove themselves, to show that they have been, that they have improved, that they have taken things on. They should be looking to shut them out in the first half, at least. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I I said that National Burger Day was Cheeseburger Day was tomorrow. Irvine Cattle Ranch says, talk like a pirate day is tomorrow. Um, and then Cigar says, what kind of burger do you get on National Burger Day? Uh, it's a cheeseburger, no tomato, no lettuce, yes to onions, add mustard. For me, that's it. You Okay, you Cigar, you almost had this. You almost <laughs> you said it's a cheeseburger. Yes. Yes. You said no tomato and no lettuce. Yes, yes. you're doing so good. You're doing so good. I'm proud of you. But then where the hell did you you go wrong with this yes to onions and add mustard BS? What are we doing here, man? What are we doing? Onions? Horrible. Onions don't belong in anything. Mustard? Like, ah, a crime to humanity. Both of those. No. Best burger, cheese, mayo only, dip it in ketchup. There you go. Thank me later. So here's the thing. Oh, buckle up. Everyone who says I have bad food takes, buckle no. up. You're going to enjoy this. Here's the thing. I agree with Michael. <laughs> yeah, say it louder. Say it, say it louder for me. Uh, say, I, say, hold on, hold on, say it again. <laughs> I agree with Michael. Oh, God, that's about beautiful. Bur- now, that's, that's not beautiful. to say that I don't enjoy a gourmet burger with stuff on it. Like, I love a burger with with grilled onions and mushrooms and like an aioli and all sorts of other random onion straws and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Love it. But when it comes down to it, the best burger is just the good ground beef, well-seasoned with a slice of not American cheese and some mayo and some ketchup. I I see what you're saying, but I think you need to 
embrace American cheese because in a, in a lot of ways the perfect cheeseburger is American cheese. It melts so perfectly. It fits so nicely. Um, I agree that like a nice cheddar is great. Um, Jack cheese on a burger. Big fan of that too. Uh, but... But American cheese is just so quintessentially American, Nick, baby. Nick, Nick in the chat says, dude, onions are the gateway to a proper palate. You tripping, bro. No, no. No. To, I, when I say I agree with Michael, it's about the perfect burger. Onions are, I agree. Nick, you are right. Like onions, onions as a flavoring are absolutely essential. Like I love putting onion powder in things. I love onions on top of things. I love caramelized onions. I've even come around on raw onions, like on a In-N-Out burger. I've, I've sort of come around to, uh, so yes, onions, 100%, we are in agreement there. So we, we, got, we got a comment from Tim in LA uh, that says, where's the old Michael was right soundbite? Um, hold on. I, so I, I've had the iPad, little inside baseball, that have been connecting to th- our, our new soundboard, um, our new mixer. Um, and I've not been using it that much because there's like this weird delay and this new, weird noise gate thing that sort of gets annoying. Uh, so I have been doing it, but I just connected it here. Hold on. Where is it? Where's LA Fred saying that Michael was right? It's hold on, hold on, hold on. Stall, stall for me. Stall for me. Hold, uh, hold on. Uh, Nick Wait, Nick in the chat asks over under ASU at 13.5 points. It should be under. If it's not, then USC's me? defense has done something wrong. Uh, Cigar in the chat says, how about onion rings from the hat? Stuff of lore? Legendary. Ooh. Have I had I like onion hat, rings from the hat? Rings. I don't know that I've had onion rings at the hat, so that's maybe something that I need Michael to put was on. Right. Michael was wrong. There's, there's the thing. <laughs> yeah. What was that about? Was that about ASU? My God, Ben Griffiths. When he's Um, like a, my God, Marshawn Lloyd. (laughs) We we, we do. Um, Size doesn't necessarily matter (laughs) if you want it hard enough. Yeah, so. All right, um, let's get rid of the podcast. (laughs) We've gone long enough. Cameron asks if the Cubs will make the postseason. Uh, No, because the 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 baseball season's over, and um, (laughs) I'm I I do not care. I've never cared about baseball personally. (laughs) Um, I'm just not interested in that kind of thing, and I don't know why anyone else is. True, too. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you Wednesday. See ya. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc